if I was too blunt, too direct, too loud, and too New Jersey for Iowa, then why do you people keep inviting me back? From WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio, it's the Christie Tracker. Get the hell off the beach. You're done. They try to light me to make me look better, everybody, but you know, these are not miracle lights. Either sit down and keep quiet or get out. One or the other. We're done with you. I'm David First here with Matt Katz, who covers Chris Christie for WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio and is writing a biography about the governor for Simon & Schuster, and Tom Moran, editorial page editor for New Jersey's largest newspaper, The Star-Ledger. Welcome back from Iowa, where you spent the weekend covering the governor's appearance at the Iowa Freedom Summit. Later in the show, we'll hear from Matt Rooney, the man who runs the conservative website SaveJersey.com, and we'll get to the Freedom Summit in just a moment. But first, Monday morning, right at midnight, Governor Christie took that first official step toward a presidential run. He launched a website for a political action committee. It's called Leadership Matters for America. And uh, Matt Katz, there is simply nothing more exciting than announcing that the governor has launched a website. <laughs> right. Well, it's it's considerably more exciting if you're uh, the finance people behind it who are now collecting checks, theoretically. This allows him to raise $5,000 maximum from potential donors or actual donors. And it also gives him the opportunity to roll this into some sort of actual presidential campaign at some point in the coming months. They've got um, about a dozen people who are on payroll now for this thing, um, including several close Christie associates. Well, close Christie associates. Let's talk about that. Uh, the, The paperwork was quietly filed on Friday. The launch comes right after the weekend at midnight. And then when asked about the political action committee during the snowstorm press conference on Monday, he pretends that he almost has nothing to do with it. Well, it says that there are a group of people who uh, want to be supportive of me continuing to look at the problems in the country. And so I'm I'm happy that they want to do that. I'm, I'm honored that they've asked me to be the, the honorary chair of it. So he makes it sound like this could just be any group of people. But but some of his closest associates are involved with this political action committee. His top political advisor, Mike Duhame, is a consultant on it. They've got Matt Mowers, who's a guy who worked in the governor's office and was running the New Hampshire Republican Party. He's working for it. This is it, man. I mean, this is the beginning of the presidential campaign, essentially. Tom and Matt, you're both just back from Des Moines, where Governor Christie uh, had this chance to make his case to the conservative wing of Iowa's Republican Party at the Iowa Freedom Summit. Tom, uh, even though the governor has visited the state many times before, this is a crowd that would cast a very skeptical eye in uh, Christie's direction. A moderate Republican, a conservative crowd. Overall, how would you say his big audition went? Uh, I spent most of the day milling around the crowd looking for people who put Chris Christie at the top of their list. I'd say I talked to at least 50 people, including shouting into groups, waiting for the ladies' room. You know, anybody here support Chris Christie? No I found one person out of 50. So this is how you get the good tape, shouting at people in line at the bathroom. I do, well, you know, I did. It was like a mass production for getting reaction. I went at lunchtime to the ladies' room, and there were 20 in a captive audience there. We also got the uh, smokers outside. They were a good captive audience where they couldn't run away. So mostly we got smokers and women. Maybe it's askews the samples. But uh, he was not on anybody, top of anybody's list. A lot of people, as uh, I was shocked how much the hug came up of Obama after Sandy. But they also regard him as wishy-washy on immigration. Christie has sort of 
avoided taking a stand on immigration until he makes his candidacy official. So the crowd was pretty hardcore on that issue. And uh, they also, a lot of people I talked to said, I said, what do you think about Christie's pitch as the guy who can make deals with Democrats and actually get stuff done? Nine out of ten people I talked to about that said, we don't want somebody who's making deals. They've compromised too much in the past, and we don't trust that. They don't, so what, that's a pitch, I think, that appeals to most Americans, but not this crowd. The hug kept coming up for, for me, too. But you know what? I mean, he got a much warmer reception after his remarks were done, and the people I talked to after were won over. The guy is just such a talent. I mean, Rick Perry spoke before him, and some taunt, hecklers got up, and for like two minutes were shouting at him about immigration, and Perry tried to ignore them. It was very awkward. Everyone in the place was looking up at the hecklers and looking at him and thinking, what's he going to say? He just ignored and kept talking about Israel. Christie gets up and had a heckler, and he just handled it you know, beautifully. He smiled. He joked. He made the guy look like a bit of a dope and a hysteric, and the crowd was with him. The crowd was cracking up. I've read a lot of stuff before I came out here to the summit, and I've heard the, I've heard the conventional wisdom. <laughs> I, don't they know I am from New Jersey? And this stuff bothered me one bit. I think he's got some problems on the substance, his jersey record and all that, and he doesn't match up ideologically. But as a performer, uh, guy's tough to beat. Guy's tough to beat, but people hated the hug. You know, we always hear about how Christie's emotions get the better of him uh, when, when he's being a hothead at a town hall meeting yelling at people. But is the hug a, another indication of Christie's emotions winning the day where he felt emotional in the wake of the Sandy tragedy and he... Well, he didn't hug... I mean, he didn't hug the president. It was just a warm handshake. I mean, that's the craziest thing. Right, right. It's become the hug. There was no actual hug. It's nuts. I mean, he did the double handshake that all politicians do, like where they put the other arm on the on the shoulder. Right, right. A hand on the shoulder has become a hug. I'm even just calling it the hug now. I think he blew it when he hugged Obama, because to me, he gave up and went to the dark side. I was interested in Chris Christie, and uh, I just began to wonder if maybe he was a little bit more moderate than I would feel good with. He hugged Obama. I don't know. Maybe that's just not a very good, you know, I'm sure that's not a way to make an assessment about him. I think he's forceful. I think that that, that's necessary in government. Um, But I also think he's been in the business a long time, and uh, uh, I'm not sure that that I trust him. I think there's some reservations from people in this part of the country and almost anything from New York to L.A., there's some reservations about Chris Christie because of his abrasiveness, I would put it that way. I think he's really a man of great integrity. I love his straightforward manner, his no-nonsense. I like him very much. He does what he says. He's a great leader, and I, you know, I love the fact that he ruffles everybody's feathers. You know, he tells people to sit down, shut up. You know, we're done. You know, this is my show. <laughs> I, I know a fair amount about him, and his record on uh, Second Amendment rights, self-defense issues, and so on, is a concern. But I'm a pretty, uh, you know, I've been a long-time conservative activist in the Republican Party, and uh, Christie is not on my short list. I'll just say that he's way too liberal for our nation. And I don't want somebody that is that much of a hothead as president. I want somebody that's very thoughtful, prudent, wise, doesn't let emotion get in the way of good judgment calls and things like that. And the governor just seems to me to be too much of a loose cannon. I'll campaign against him.
Wow. He won't get off first base in Iowa. I can tell you that right now. This is the Christie Tracker. We're joined now by a Republican in New Jersey who has a very different take on Chris Christie. Matt Rooney runs the conservative website, SaveJersey.com. Matt Rooney, welcome. Hey, David. Thanks for having me. Did Governor Christie need to be in Iowa this weekend? And if so, did he do what he needed to do in Iowa? Will it help him any in the long run? First off, did he need to be there? I think yes. Back after he got reelected in 2013, David, he was on top of the world. Uh, He was the center of the Republican universe. He was an establishment figure, but he was one that had proved that you could run on a relatively conservative platform in a blue state and win this broad majority coalition. So he was on top of the world. He was cruising. All of a sudden, Bridgegate happens. That makes the donors skittish. All of a sudden, you have Jeb Bush, Mitt Romney, and other very strong gubernatorial contenders lured in the race, flirting with it. It was no longer good enough for Chris Christie to sit back and say, hey, you know what? Instead of flirting with the GOP base, I can focus on avoiding the trap of trying to go too far out on any one ideological limb, play it safe, and then I can raise the money and I can get through the primary and focus on the general. He can't do that anymore. He's got to run an actual primary campaign. He's got to reach out to conservative groups, which is why I don't think you saw Jeb Bush or Mitt Romney there. But Chris Christie went and put on the best performance he could. He needs these voters now. Whether or not he did his job, I guess we'll see. I know that in the social media realm, he got a lot of positive mentions for some of the content of his speech. At the same time, you know, rightly or wrongly, a lot of conservatives are intensely distrustful of him now. And they're a stubborn group. And it's going to take a lot of convincing that he's on their side. I can tell you that you'll always know who I am. You'll always know what I believe, and you'll always know where I stand. Looking at the moderate wing of the party, does he lose anything by going to the Iowa Freedom Summit, a very conservative gathering? No, I don't think so. The moderate wing of the party is looking at viability. I think that's their number one criterion when selecting a candidate. They want somebody that can beat Hillary Clinton. So Chris Christie's bigger risk with that group is uh, something that's entirely out of his hands, which is the Bridgegate investigation. I don't believe the governor has much personal exposure. I don't think there's been any evidence come to light that suggests that he did anything wrong. But if, hypothetically speaking, in the next few months, tons of former associates and administrative officials end up getting subpoenas or end up getting indicted, that's going to be a tough thing to come back from. Matt, uh, oh, I should clarify. I'm speaking with Matt Rooney. There's uh, two Matts on the show. We'll be back with Matt Katz in just a few moments. Uh, This is Matt Rooney from SaveJersey.com. Matt, there's been all this talk about Christie getting lost in the shuffle with uh, Mitt Romney and Jeb Bush entering the race. There are three candidates competing for who gets to be the party moderate. Some say Christie can't compete with Jeb Bush, that Christie just has too much baggage. On the flip side, you hear uh, the voters in Iowa and elsewhere saying that Christie just has no chance with the party's conservative base. The man's a rhino, not conservative enough. And then you sometimes hear this other story after people meet with Christie or hear him speak at an event. Chris Christie is a unique talent. And that is part of the reason why you can never, ever count the guy out, no matter what happens with Bridgegate or the donor uh, calculations that are made behind closed doors, any of these other things we're talking about. I think he's probably the most unique talent in terms of his charisma and his ability to communicate 
with your average voters since Bill Clinton. At the end of the day, while Jeb Bush does create problems for Chris Christie because he cuts into his natural base, we saw that this week when many prominent New Jerseyans went over to New York and had dinner with with Jeb uh, to kind of gauge support and maybe talk about supporting him in the primary. These campaigns are fought in moments, and I think that's even more true now in the social media age. When Chris Christie's on that stage with Mitt Romney, Jeb Bush, Rand Paul, whoever else is up there, I can tell you right now, he's going to be the most articulate. He's the most talented debater. And when he lands some punches, if he can, he's got a chance of winning a lot of people over. Matt Rooney runs the conservative website, SaveJersey.com. Matt, thanks for speaking with us. My pleasure. Anytime. The notion that our party must abandon our belief in the sanctity of life to be competitive in blue states is simply not true, and I am living proof of that fact. This is the Christy Tracker. We're back with New Jersey Public Radio's Matt Katz and the Star Ledger's Tom Moran. Tom, if you could post one of those um, while you were out notes on Christie's door or, or, or to tape it to his desk, you know, while you were out in Iowa, here's a story in New Jersey you, you should have been paying attention to at home in the state, in the state you govern. What would that note be? Um, they're showing bridges that are falling down. They're showing videos of them sag as heavy trucks roll over the bridges. They've had to shut down several and uh, the, the, the transportation system is crumbling and falling apart. And he promised he'd solve that problem back in '09. We're still waiting. Uh, so that's one. And then there's the pension and health crisis. He has to present a budget in three or four weeks. So he's going to have to make some big, tough decisions that involve taxes, at least a gas tax. He keeps talking about the need to make tough choices. So maybe my note would say, make the tough choices. Make the tough choices, all right. We're going to have to make the tough choice to wrap this up now. Uh, New Jersey Public Radio's Matt Katz, who also runs the Christie Tracker page. You can check it out at wnyc.org slash Tracker, where Matt has all kinds of coverage and features like the escalating tab of Bridgegate legal expenses and a running log of all of the stuff Christie says. And Tom Moran, editorial page editor for The Star-Ledger. See you next week. Okay, thanks, Dave. Thanks, guys. See ya. And for this week, that's The Christie Tracker. The Christie Tracker podcast is a production of WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio. Thanks to Executive Vice President Dean Capello, Vice Presidents Chris Bannon and Jim Schachter, and New Jersey Public Radio Managing Editor Nancy Solomon. Our theme music is by 29-Hour Music People. You can subscribe to the Christie Tracker podcast on iTunes, and you can follow Matt Katz on Twitter at MattKatz00. That's Matt, K-A-T-Z. I'm David First. Till next week. Thank you all very much, and I'm sorry for the idiot over there. Take care. <laughs>